Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman, and I'm your host, as always. And this week, it is episode 248, and this week, talking about video games. It's a very, very big video game week. And this time, I am joined, as always, by one of my very best friends in the whole wide world, the Princess of Power, Amanda Farrow. How are you? You know what? I had a pretty good day today, Steve. I was there on your stream when you got like a you got like pseudo raided because it wasn't actually a raid, but like it was people tweeting, and that effectively was like a raid. It kind of was, yeah. They didn't hit slash raid your channel; they just tweeted, and it worked. It was like influencer marketing. It was like influencer purest form. It was. There are tens of thousands of followers. It was. Um, it was. It was really nice. But but in all honesty, we did we did like start to wreck some serious stuff. It was great. What yeah. you do on Wednesdays, this is when we're recording this week. Normally we record Tuesdays. Today we're recording on Wednesday because neither of us were feeling it yesterday. It's just how it works. And today, a slightly more positive day, a slightly more hopeful day. Yeah. Take that for what you will. And uh, you were wrecking history because on Wednesdays you stream on Twitch on twitch.tv slash Mama. And you play with uh, Sarah LaBeouf, and the two of you do cooperative Civilization VI and give people lessons in history as you learn about history, too, while you play the different leaders, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. Yeah, look at, look at me. That's an elevator pitch. That was awesome. I can get you to promote me more often. That was great. I, I do a pretty good job. You do. It's like I'm in sales. So, That's a fact. Uh, it's video game week. Now, yes. I know the last video game week, we talked about how we were going to talk about our most anticipated games for 2021. And that was like Listen. an awesome plan. It was a great idea. Listen. And we're definitely going to do that. But literally, like less than a week after that happened, some of the biggest video game news, I, I mean, definitely the biggest video game news of 2021. Thus far, certainly. But thus far, definitely the biggest story. But rivaling some of the bigger stories from last year too came out on a random Monday and then the hit that's just the hits just kept on coming for the rest of the week and so we're gonna talk about Lucasfilm games because it's crazy so we'll get to that in a moment but first we're gonna go around the horn and by go around the horn we're gonna talk about the games Amanda has played because (laughs) the things that I have played I either talk about too much or can't speak of and uh, Amanda actually has some things she can speak about. The things it's, that she can't talk about are not appropriate for us anyway. So it's like a score. It's true. Yeah. The the games that I tend to that I tend to play for mock reviews and stuff like that are not good fits for our audience. They're usually like either deeply rated M or somewhat rated M, but usually rated M in general. Um, okay. So let's talk about Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, let's talk about Final Fantasy XIV. Because your girl finished A Realm Reborn. What does that mean? That means you finished okay. the first. The, you, you finished the first expansion, right? Is that what? No, that, is? that means like I the finished first the base game. The base game is what I meant to say. Yeah, so they did a bunch of patches um, in the summertime to make the end of A Realm Reborn not like another hundred hours. They cut mm-hmm. it down so that it was significantly lighter. It was still a heavy burden to get through it and extremely convoluted writing. But we rolled credits on, like, my, my husband James and I rolled credits on it, I think it was, like, two weeks ago. And the the end of A Realm Reborn is, like, is this what 
is this what I can expect from Heaven's Word? Because, like, if that's the case, I'm in. It was very, very good. So for those of you that are, like, struggling to get through A Realm Reborn, I feel you and stick with it. <laughs> it's totally worth it by the time you get to the end of A Realm Reborn and into Heaven's Word. Also, I'm going to be a gunbreaker. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds cool. I would say this to everybody. The one thing that – so a lot of people hear about Final Fantasy 15 and they bounce because they're worried about the strict MMO-ness of it. But everything that I have heard is that it is actually one of the best Final Fantasy games. It kind of is. It kind of is. Like, it's, it's certainly – like, look, Steve, you and me, we are on the same page that Final Fantasy X is our absolute favorite Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can Wait, talk about that because I started that the other day. Oh, that's so Again. awesome. For the millionth time. For the millionth time. for the time. fourth time. My kids who cares, man? Me. Who, who counts? Like, it's Final Fantasy X. You play it as often as you want to and then restart it, and who cares? It's just too good. Mm-hmm. Um, it is our favorite Final Fantasy game, but Final Fantasy XIV is certainly up there in terms of, like, potentially the best Final Fantasy experiences so it's like final fantasy 6 and 4 for me are some of the like like top tier final fantasy mm-hmm. and then like 14's in there now too which is really great so yeah realm reborn was a slog and a half from level 30 to level 53 so yikes and there was like a little pocket in there about refugees that hit a little bit harder because, you know, the state of the world and everything like that. But the ending was great. I'm so glad that we ro- we rolled credits on it. I think that we're going to play a little bit more this weekend if there's time when I'm not like infinitely streaming because apparently I'm just streaming like all weekend at this point. It's just bonkers. But uh, some charity stuff. Isn't that what? Yeah. For the Trevor Project. It's going to be really yeah. good. But yeah, it's, you know, it's just, it's more, more strims. So, so yeah, Realm Reborn wrapped, rolled credits, wrapped it up. And that ending puts everything in a tidy little bow. That is very exciting. That is very exciting. And I, I started it and I will probably at some point start it again and, you know, play through it. Maybe when I'm in. Maybe when I'm in like lulls between uh, WoW expansions slash patches, I'll uh, hop over there and try that out. Because there's just I something about Final Fantasy. So if you yeah. wanted to come play with us, and I mean like the royal you, if you wanted to come and find me, you just have to like at me on Twitter and be like, hey, I want to come play Final Fantasy with you. I I want to go to Heaven's Word. Yeah. Let me know. Absolutely. We'll figure it yeah. out. So, um, yeah, I, I started Final Fantasy X. So oh. here's what happened. What, what happened is I just I was I was trying to debate between Hades and Captain Subasa, which we have talked which about. Is like the reality is a bananas soccer game. Right. And objectively speaking, I know Hades is going to be a better video game. However, Hades is not on PlayStation five. And that's where I wanted to play a game. And so I was like, do I want and 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 I tried to play Bloodborne <laughs> for some reason, like the entire kind of funny community playing it. And I wanted to give it a shot. So I, I mean, I owned, part it. Of it. I owned it because it was I forget. I bought it when it was like four dollars or something on like a PlayStation sale. And I was like, I'll play this. I can maybe I'll do it. And you know what? I think I'm going to play like 20 minutes at a time. 
over the course of the PlayStation 5 life cycle because I enjoyed what I did, but I got killed a lot. Um, and so I figure I'll play until I die five times, which would take me about 10 minutes, and then we'll be fine. Um, but I wanted something that I could just sit down and just mess around with sure. because we we in my house have recently discovered uh, that we have a sharing of my computer problem in that – and this is something we've never had before. And this is this, a lesson that we learned. My youngest has been – has taken up playing Minecraft with her friend and talking Ooh. on Facebook Messenger. That sounds like what Vivi does. Which is wonderful, except when they yell because they, you know, they just shout at the does. Kindle. Yeah, they just shout at the Kindle at each other. That's like their entire strategy. Yeah, so, and my oldest wants to play Minecraft with them, and so if she's using the Xbox Series X, which is frequent, then that means he needs to use my computer, which means right. he kicks me off of my machine, which is okay because, you know, the the purpose of gaming in this house is to share it with my children. Of course, even if it means I don't get to play, but that's all right. And so I was like, and so he was playing Minecraft or he was playing something. I think it was Minecraft. And I was like, you know what? I have a PlayStation. I should just use it. And it was very late at night on a Saturday. And I was like, you know what? And then I was just going through the sale, just looking to see what was up. And there were some options. And I was like, you know, like Captain Tsubasa, it was the problem is it was just a little bit more money than I really felt comfortable spending. Considering the world and yeah. then i saw that final fantasy 10 10 2 was 12 dollars <laughs> the game that you own on literally everything that it's on except for xbox exactly the thing that i own on literally everything um so, and i was captain Tsubasa, the game you've been yelling at me that you wanted to purchase for months yep. so um same so i saw it on there for 12 dollars and i went you know you know 12 dollars is like a sandwich at Subway. <laughs> so why don't I rock this out? By the time it was downloaded and I was like ready to go to bed, because the opening of that game is not exactly fast paced. Uh, I played like through the, the very opening and like was in that area you get to when you like go through the portal. So like the, oh, the cold right. and wet place. So like yeah. I did that. And you know what? That was worth <laughs> 12 bucks right there. Oh, yeah. Just because, man, like I just wanted the... I just wanted that, that feeling. Like a comfort blankie, you know, yeah, really. where you're just like, I don't really want to do anything else. I just want to like eat grilled cheese and cuddle under a blanket and play Final Fantasy X for like the tenth time. Yep, pretty much. And that's, so that, I think it's understandable. We will be, we will certainly be trying to do that again. Exactly what I needed in that exact moment in time. <laughs> Because sometimes this is just the, the real deal. Digital sales on some of these games, especially older ones, things that you missed or things that you need to rebuy or, you know, whatever. Because sure. um, I, I couldn't find my disc is really what happened. I went looking for it, couldn't find it, which means oh. I think I loaned it to somebody and I can't remember. And I was like, you know what, for $12. This way I never have Buddy, to worry about you need, it. you need a library system. That's how things work in our house. I know, but... It, I don't normally loan stuff, but in this oh, case, well, that's fair. That's in this case, I figured it out. So, okay. uh, so I played enough, and man, it's just, I mean, for twenty five dollars, which is its normal price, you get two very long, very good video games. So, I yes. recommend to just about anybody. Speaking of games that are old, yes. but are also very good, you finished Spider Man Remastered. I did. Which was 
our game of the year, and you were putting it to the test to see if I was correct. And in fact, you were. If That's I would have played that in 2018, I would have also named that my game of the year. 100%. No hesitation. That game is, I don't say this very often, as somebody who has played a lot of video games in her life, and as a critic, I don't say things are perfect. Spidey was perfect. That was a perfect video game. I have no complaints at all. Mm-hmm. I felt so good playing the entire game and with the DualSense controller as well, with the adaptive triggers, you know, swinging around New York and, and Manhattan that I haven't been to in almost a year now, even though I live 45 minutes away. Uh, because of the pandemic, you know, it's it's hard. But it made me yeah. miss Manhattan less. And it was such an emotional experience, you know, with with everything. And, like, it was so well written and it was so well acted. And I really like the changes to the character model for Pete. Like, it's just everything about that game was just spectacular. It really was. And I think that that is probably the first Spider-Man game I have loved since like the PlayStation 2. I want to say. But it was amazing. Yeah. It was it was absolutely amazing. It was literally the amazing Spider-Man because I was floored by it the whole time. I couldn't stop playing it. It was my game of the year for a reason. That game yeah. is I hesitate to call games perfect also. I just said it was amazing, but in this case, I I feel justified. It was so good. That's a 10 I want to play it again. For me. Yeah, it's so good. Man, and you were playing the remastered version, so if you get right. a PlayStation 5 later, like this is one of those I would be willing to bet that Miles Morales with the with the Spider-Man remastered are going to be bundled with that PlayStation 5 this oh, Christmas. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would I would be them. very shocked to see anything else. I'd love to see a you know, special edition at some point too, like they did for the PlayStation 4. But, you know, as a, as an update on the PlayStation 5 front, we did send the PlayStation 5 back again. Yeah, you so did. So we are waiting I for PlayStation that. 5 number 3. Wow. Well, so, hopefully it works this time. I hope so, too, because it was the thing that's broken is that anytime that we use an audio headset at all, it just breaks. It doesn't work anymore. It just shuts down. It doesn't matter if we're using the Pulse headset, which is official PlayStation, or we're using an Astro headset like what I'm wearing right now. You know, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't work. And it shuts down randomly. So, that so is- yeah. Not good. Not good. So I was watching your stream because you also every Friday you do like a random indie game. Well, it's not random. I, I mean, it's no, curated. it's handpicked. It's handpicked. Yeah. So you play different indie games. And I remember you playing the last time I was on in your stream on a Friday. I recall you um, playing a game. And I think it was Sun. Was it Sunlight or Sun? It's called Sunlight. Okay. Tell me about this game because I was interested in it, but I was very confused. It's a, it was a really confusing game. It was a stream of consciousness game. Uh-huh. So it was like you were in this, you woke up in this meadow surrounded by, a tr- surrounded by trees, surrounded by flowers and all kinds of, you know, flora and no animals or anything like that, but you are wandering around this field, this meadow and into the forest. And it's like, you're going on a hike, right? But the, the kicker is that this is all, this feels like very Monet. This is very watercolor. It's very stylish and beautiful. 
and the draw distance, the, the utilization of the draw distance so that it kind of tells the story of you getting closer or farther away from where you want to be in the forest was really, it was, it was clever. It was a really clever way of making the space feel larger than it actually was. Additionally, in terms of like the stream of consciousness stuff, it really did talk about the interconnectedness of humanity and feeling both powerless about this, your state of mind and your state of being while also feeling deeply connected to everything around you. And it was just a fascinating way of, because that's how my brain thinks. So it was interesting to see a video game where we were wandering through the forest alongside, you know, wandering through the forest of like what is usually my mind. So it's not for everyone. It is very highbrow. It's very artsy fartsy, as my father would say. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a, a fair assessment. Yeah, but the music is beautiful and the experience of like you're just you're picking up this bouquet of flowers and you're listening to these voices. And it's not just a single voice in the game either. It's everywhere you move. It's a chorus. It's a chorus of different voices that bleed in and out of each other. And they're from different different kinds of people, from men, from women and, you know, different dialects and it was just it was fascinating it was such a fascinating experience it was only like 40 minutes and but it was really steam, it was worth right? it yeah it's on steam it's on steam yeah, okay absolutely and i was fortunate enough to receive a code for it from uh from krill games so the developers and okay. it was it was gorgeous i loved it i really really did and i'm glad i played it um even though i know it was very like highbrow but it kind of just like oh Kind of reset my soul a little. It, it was, I'll admit it's hard to watch. Um, but I think this is one of those games you just got to play. I think it's one of those Which, games you got to play. I'm not mad about that. Sometimes games are just that way. It do be like that sometimes. It do be like that. It do be like that. The rest of the games that we have played, not appropriate for us. Headshot Central for me. So we don't we don't need to, to discuss it too much farther. I am excited to talk about some of the games that I have been given codes for but I can't talk about yet that are appropriate for us mm. because I've got some bangers on the way oh, and this I'm year is shaping up to be pretty cool based on some of the announcements that have been made recently you know, between uh, you know we got we finally got release dates and information about the new Super Mario 3D world and about that Bowser's Fury level and we got a release date for Pokemon Snap I mean that's there's just this year is shaping up video game wise like it might end up being pretty okay which makes yeah. sense considering everything got delayed out of last year yeah pretty so, much right so let's talk about the big news right so we went around the horn we made you know we've got some game recommendations for everybody we will have more in the coming weeks trust me you're going to be excited but uh the the, the big news is that Lucasfilm Games has been formed. And Amanda. Yes. Why don't you, could you explain what Lucasfilm Games is? Sure. Because you're the business expert. It's true. And then like why they did it. <laughs> well, I can't really speak to intent here, but I can give an educated guess. Yeah, why don't I mean listen, there are no cops. We can we, we gotta do. <laughs> No, um, podcast, no podcast, please. 
There are no podcast police, the popos. Um, but I mean, okay. At the very least, what is this thing? Because we, people remember Lucas. People know Lucas Arts. This is not Lucas Arts games. I know. So oh, the definitely not between the difference between Lucas Film games and Lucas Art game. Lucas Arts games is Lucas Arts games was actually a studio. They did their own in-house development, mm-hmm. and they were very dedicated. So they made their own games, even if they contracted out and they did some work for hire stuff. They were they those were their games. Now Lucasfilm Games is fully licensed. That's what Lucasfilm Games is about. Now I wrote the definitive. It wasn't that's not the definitive story, but a definitive story as to why Disney doesn't do video games. Why they license and mm-hmm. Lucasfilm Games. You know, as we discussed on Virtual Economy, and as I you know talked a little bit about on Twitter is because Disney is not interested in making their own games. Not under current leadership. It's never actually worked for them as a long-term business strategy. So instead, Lucasfilm Games is going to allow Disney to section off a portion of their IP, their very successful IP, to allow it to be licensed outside of say EA. Now EA had a gosh, it was a very very long exclusive. It was like 7 or 8 years or something like that for an exclusive and EA no longer has exclusivity rights. It was 10 years by the way. Was it 10 years? It was okay. 10. So it's technically not up, it technically wasn't up until 2023. That's clearly right. some clearly some stuff went down. So it could have been one of two things. It could have been that EA decided that it just wasn't working for them, which I doubt. Or it could be that Disney decided that they wanted to buy EA out. And this is not necessarily because of any bad blood either, because as we've seen with um, with Star Wars Squadron and with uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, those games were both commercially successful. So it's not as though... EA has been blatantly messing things up. And they also came back with a heck of a win with Battlefront 2 now that they fixed it. And I can say that definitively because that game, like, that game hits. It, it, still, it still is a fantastic game. I went back and I played it, like, Monday. Huh? I, lo- I really like it. It was, like, it's challenging as hell, but it's really, really fun. So... So that's kind of the impetus behind Lucasfilm games is that it it gives Disney the ability to license out and have a section for licensing out Lucas's IP. So the Star Wars IP and not just Star Wars either, as we'll get to in a second. It's all of Lucas's IP because all of that belongs to Disney now. Yeah, which is crazy. (laughs) I mean, it is. I mean, like it's like Disney is becoming quite the monopoly and it's it's really I I, as much as I talk about antitrust and and stuff like that, you know, it's really important to to keep that in mind when we when we think about antitrust when it comes to entertainment as well, not just in tech, Um, you know, so not just the epics and the apples and the Googles and the Microsofts, but also the Disney. Yeah. yeah. So what else can I tell you about this? What else are you well, curious about? Well, I think that's I think that's a good enough start for now. And so the 
end result of this formation, I think a good comparison that I've seen drawn is that this is going to function just like Marvel is. And so they can just, you know, they can essentially accept pitches from developers or go out to developers and say, make a thing using this thing. The same Um, thing with with, uh, Games Workshop. Games Workshop is a good example of, you know, the hit and miss quality of licensing out your your intellectual property. Sometimes it's fantastic, like with with Vermintide and Vermintide 2, Mm -hmm. or it's kind of a you know, rolling piece of garbage, like some of the mobile games that Games Workshop has said, yeah, sure, let's make it into orcs, daka daka. Yeah, exactly. So love those ideas. I love the idea of, you know, going out to different developers and opening it up to independent developers, etc. Because th- what that means is you get projects of a different of different scales. Yeah. Like when EA got the license for Star Wars, which was, was right around the time. It was a huge deal. And it was right around the time Engage Family Gaming started, right? It was one of the first announcements that I really talked about or remember talking about on our coverage. It was and the same thing with Mike. Like Mike got his his big start at Game Informer and that was that was one of his first big stories was talking yeah. about the EA Star Wars licensing deal. And the one thing we knew going in, because they made a bunch of announcements mm-hmm. you know, relatively quickly, is that they were all going to be AAA games or mobile games. Yes. Nothing and in between. there was going to be no in between. And for the most part, you knew that those games were going to be shooters and you know third-person action games. And they made an MMO, but that was a thing. And it, was basically it was awesome. I love Star Wars: The Old Republic. What a great but, game! But it was an MMO, and so it, sure. that was its own thing. It didn't turn me off necessarily. And then uh, mobile games, which do what mobile games do. So the idea, and, and that's fine. But that's what they were gonna make. Yeah. And people, we can argue, and you know, people on the internet will argue: Did they do that successfully or not? Not for us to decide. But what they didn't do. Well, I mean, is, we can we can decide based on data. I mean, if we're yeah. it really depends on what your metrics of success look like. If we're talking about numbers in terms of sales made and engagement over time, then yeah, I, I, yeah, they were very successful. Not every game was successful, but they yeah. were successful overall based on those metrics. Maybe based not qualitative. Metrics. What's that? Yeah, no, you're you're right. I think I think over the over the span of time, it was worth it to them. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think so. I think you know. Ultimately, you know, I'm not sitting in that. I I have the luxury of being able to be an armchair uh, executive and just be like, yeah, it sounds like it was good. Um, <laughs> and I, no skin off my back because if I'm sure. wrong. Nobody's job is relying on it. Um, but but what we didn't see was little adventure games or an interesting, um, you know, or like interesting platformers or, yeah. you know, just uh, we didn't see a single pod racing game. Right. That was a travesty. And, Unto which, God. Which realistically now I think, I mean, at the very least now, the likelihood of that has gone up significantly um, from zero. We, we deserve <laughs> a modern pod racing game. The last pod racing game that we had came out in like 2000 or 2001. It's been 20 freaking years. It's time. 
Agreed. Episode Agreed. one isn't nearly as bad as everyone says it is either. That's my hot Star Wars take. Wow. 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 Now, episode two, on the other hand, is. Yeah. Uh, I honestly am. Listen, I am full of hot Star Wars takes. <laughs> I'm because so I will. How about my hot Star Wars take? Let me share my hot okay. Star Wars take Do with it. you. Without the added context of Yoda in the prequels, he's just a stupid Muppet. How about that? How about that, people? Without the added context oh. of Yoda from the prequels, where he's like a ninja. Yeah. Well, he's I just mean, a yes, stupid mom. But we should also include Dave Filoni's vision of what Yoda was in the Clone Wars, the television which is, show. Which is more or less Yoda from the prequels, because he was still awesome. I mean, it's true. It's he true. Like, and you're right. But also, everyone should just. Like, Watch chill out Wars. and just let Dave Filoni do everything Star Wars. Yes. Dave so. Filoni ruling Star Wars forever. <laughs> Lots of Star Wars. Lots so, of Star Wars. Um, so I think this is – this is at the end of the day, this is good for gamers because it we're going to see a wider – so it, it – EA, I mean, the good news is EA still gets to make Star Wars games. This is they what's do, awesome about this whole deal. To. They lost this exclusivity, but they don't. They no longer have the pressure of the exclusivity. So if they just decide yeah, they just want to make Battlefront every three years, guess what they're going to do? They're just going to make Battlefront every three years, and that's probably great. They, that way they don't need to commit a dozen studios to making stuff. They can just make Battlefront, and that's awesome because Battlefront is great. Really, they should just go back to the drawing board with – Star Wars thirteen thirteen and work on that some more. If they don't, somebody else will. Because <laughs> guess what's popular now? Mandalorians. It's true. I'm just saying. So, it's- so this is great for gamers. Is the long yes. and short of it. And what's awesome about this for us as an engaged family gaming population is that Star Wars has a very specific style guide, and it will very likely always be T-rated video games I and below, imagine. because for the most part, I think it's safe to assume. Because Star Wars is considered, and I know some some parts of that are shaky. The Avengers runs into that same problem. They are considered family affair, even though some of the themes, like you know, yes. some of the themes tread a little dark. You know, they snapping do. one's fingers like, and elimi- eliminating half the life. Yeah, exactly. Snapping one's fingers and killing half of the universe. It's a little dark for for little kids. But there's a reason why we're taking a very long time in our Marvel movie rewatch because. Yeah. The children, I don't know if they're emotionally ready to deal with that. I just don't. I know. You know what else is really good about this, Steve? What? Is that it includes not just Star Wars. Not just Star Wars. What else does it include? Well, that's a great segue. It's like we're professionals. Um, so we know Star Wars. We do. But also we got confirmation of the craziest thing that I I never saw this coming is Bethesda, who is known for Skyrim and multiple headshot central games. Um, shooty, shooty, is, bang, bang. Shooty, shooty, bang, bangs is making an Indiana Jones game, specifically machine game. That's the one. Which is a company that typically they make Wolfenstein. And so they which made Wolfenstein games. Nazis. There's a lot. They do like to punch Nazis. So they, they will shooting Nazis in that game. And so they, some uh, punching, but yes, is there, I've never played there it. Is. Okay, you so can in fact punch some Nazis. If you really want to, it gets rather violent. 
Well, I mean, Wolfenstein is definitely a earned M rating. It does not get an M rating by accident. No, but, it's very purposefully an M rated game. But they're making a Indiana Jones game, and it yeah. is. Uh, and this was revealed last week in a you know thirty second teaser that in the beginning you were like, what is this? What is this? Oh, this is, is this interesting. More uncharted? Like I don't is understand. This, it felt like an Uncharted thing. I was like, is Bethesda doing the next Uncharted? And then all of a sudden, you see a hat. Oh yeah. And then you hear the opening of the like the the just the first couple of notes of the uh, the. Indiana Jones theme and he picks up the hat and there's a whip there and immediately chills. No, you just know. And it's great. I'm I'm so excited. Like there, like, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of, of issues within Indiana Jones, including some serious isms that do need to be addressed for a think, And I think we're probably, the good news is we have another movie coming and Disney has been significantly more woke in recent years. Sure. And been, for better or for worse. They've certainly been more sensitive and more conscious. Certainly. Yeah. So I feel like we have an opportunity. They have an opportunity to give him some more context and like kind of rescue it from that. Cause you're right. So, At the too. end of the day, he's like a very like eight, you know, like seventies and eighties archeologist yeah. in that he goes, places in there. he goes to places and takes things from people because they're historical artifacts that are really like not historical artifacts. It's like their stuff. <laughs> and you know, that's- like, and that's problematic. Yes, but there's a lot of problematic themes in there. Many, many isms. So hopefully... We're going to have to see how the game actually is. You know, yes. we're going to have to see what it is. And Yeah, we don't know yet because all that teaser was, was a... It was an announcement trailer for an idea of a game that we don't really understand yet or know what it is. Now, given Machine Games' reputation, we can assume we're going to be punching some Nazis, and this is probably going to be an M-rated game. So not necessarily So I disagree on that, actually. You think so? I disagree on that. I think that because Indiana Jones, the, the so the problem is, well, let's look at what Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull was. I think it was PG thirteen. Yeah. So I I, I don't and, think and, there's been an Indiana Jones that's been rated R. Well, I think the older ones were they before the. I think they might have been before the ratings, but they'll be rated now. Yeah, so let's go. Let me look. I'm gonna go look up. Uh, which one do you think is the worst? Is it Temple of Do- worst? Is it Temple of Doom, or yeah. um, all right. Temple of Doom <laughs> for sure? But I'm still sure. By I'm worst. still pretty sure it's what's that. And by worst for po- f- folks listening, yeah, I mean which one is the which is gonna have the highest rating? Sure. And let's see here. Well, but think about it. Have? Like, if we keep Star Wars rated T, which is awesome, and we should, wouldn't it be interesting to have a game that actually explores the darker side of Indiana Jones? And maybe gets down in the nitty-gritty? Now, I'm not saying that that's necessarily the only option. That's certainly not. And Machine Games has proven, especially with their treatment of, I believe they did Youngblood as well. And Youngblood was really interesting. Actually, let me look that up because I I don't want to be wrong on that. So um, 
Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was PG. It was PG? Yeah. Damn. Um, so here's one thing that is worth mentioning. And this is uh, based on our own, and this is based on my own experience. Uncharted is T-rated. Yes, it is. And so, uh, and, You're thinking- and Uncharted... I, and so I'm thinking of it like that. Is that You're thinking Uncharted? Of it as an Uncharted kind of game. Okay, that's fair. Well, that's I, fair. Like I'm thinking Uncharted is Uncharted. Uncharted. Well, I mean, there's plenty of those. I think Uncharted is the game. It would have sh- just should have been an Indiana Jones game, if if this if Lucas art game if the Lucasfilm worst, games existed. The worst takes that I saw were some of the younger journalists being like, "Isn't this like, isn't this just like Uncharted?" And I'm like, "Can we not crumble me into dust?" That's what I'm saying. For real, I so when this game comes out and I see the first the first YouTube comment that I see, okay, like the first YouTube comment I see where a kid is like, "Wait, this is just a ripoff of Uncharted." I am going to. Are you going to explode? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna film myself slowly. Just it's gonna be. It's terrifying just to think (laughs) about it because you know it's gonna happen. It's going. And it already kind of. It already has. But it's going to be worse, I think. But so for me, I imagine there's plenty of room to do. There's plenty of room to do the game without having without it having to be rated M. That's fair. But Um, again, machine games like that's just their take. You wouldn't give it to a, a studio like machine games unless you wanted them to like do what they do, which is make an extremely excellent but also extremely brutal first person shooter. I mean, possibly right, but I, I, I hope also, I'm wrong. Know, I would like it to stay rated T. Like I would like T-rated games because those are the kinds of games I'm able to stream and the kinds of games you and I are able to talk about. But it's such a strange. It's like it would be really strange to give the, give this property to a a development studio like Machine Games and not just be like, "Hey guys, go nuts." <laughs> um, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, you're you're right, and we're, we will obviously find out. I am not a betting any, man anymore. That was ruined for me. We've talked about this on the show dozens of times, but I feel like, based on what the property has been so far, we'll find out. If it were up to me, I would predict that it will be a T-rated game. But it's what's crazy about this is we're even having this discussion <laughs> because it is. Indiana Jones, I ne- like if you had told me to predict like a dormant television franchise or not television um, movie franchise from like the late 80s and or, you know early to mid 90s that was coming back, I would have guessed like Predator <laughs> or you know something like that. Never in my wildest dreams would I have been able to guess Indiana Jones. And it makes and it makes perfect sense. I mean, the reality is it's a cool adventure game. He has stuff like built in. He has plenty of lore that they can work with and use. So I am excited. I'm not the biggest Indiana Jones fan myself. I'm not I, either. I think, he's, I think it's fine. I'm not even really a big fan fun. of that. Yeah, I think he's fun. A- and I think that there's there's a lot to love about the series. And, you know, John Reese Davies is like a prince. So... You know what's not to love about John Reese Davies? You know who's very excited about it? Who? The general. So I knew because she like bought the box set. 
on DVD. Like she Damn. loves her some Indiana Jones. And so going to have to have a conversation with Mike because Mike almost lost it. Yeah. Well, so the announcement happened and I was like, wow, I got to show this to my wife. And she works like in a school and they are obviously very busy and all sorts of weird stuff going on. And so I waited until she was in the driveway and so she couldn't hadn't even like taken her purse out of the car yet and i just threw my phone right in her face (laughs) and i was like and i was like woman watch this video and she did and she was like oh so it's just (laughs) so she did the oh so it's just like is it an uncharted sequel are they making uncharted five and i was like (sighs) don't do this to me you're you're not you're not a little kid. And and then it got to the end and she was super hype. Chills, ready to play it. Because for a certain population of you know of people, indie was an event, right? Oh, yeah. Like the Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, The Last Crusade, those movies were events for people. And so it is very cool to and we've got a, another one coming out next year. So uh, which I have no idea what to make of it. Crystal Skull was apparently a hot mess. So this is, you know, wasn't great. Years. Wasn't great. Yeah. Um, but we've got wasn't even have, fun. Just I mean, wasn't good. We, so what's cool about it is it's new. Hopefully it won't be bad, and it'll get them get everybody primed and ready to really enjoy a cool Indiana Jones game. Yeah. Um. So I went looking. For other Lucas Films stuff. Okay. And they have a lot of really obscure. So what I did was. There's some obscurum in there. So what I did is I went and looked at Lucas Films movies because I thought that would give me like a good start because they have a bunch of stuff. But yeah. like I went and looked at the Lucasfilms movies and there are a few things that I think have some hope that would be very interesting. Tell me. Well, first, I I, I really feel and this, it's getting a TV show on Disney Plus um, very soon. And that is Willow. Yes, that could be I really interesting. Mike is, is saying something about Willow as well. I think Willow has, I mean, it's at the end of the day, Willow is ye generic Lord of the Rings clone. And I mean, it's got its own rules and it's a different fantasy setting. Obviously, when I say it's clone, still high I, fantasy, yeah, it's a high fantasy world. And so there's plenty of room for, you know, you know, going on an adventure. You know, who wouldn't want to be uh, Mad Martigan and have the game end with him in a cage? Right. Um, that could be cool. That could be fun. Uh, there was an NES Willow game, and that was neat. You run around throwing acorns at people. So I think that is one of them. Um, if you look at all the old Lucas, I mean, Secret of Monkey Island <laughs> is an old Lu- Lucas game. And if that's somehow tied up into this, um, how cool would that be? Like a it new, like real Monkey Island. That's where we run into like a somewhat of a limit. Because the only like a lot of their stuff is franchises that have been done to death. So because you know they have the Star Wars and Indiana Jones, but there is a license that is under their brand that quietly could not only be due for a resurgence, but would be I think so. There is some interest. Interest is not the right word, but there's definitely room for design in like a cool adventure game. Did you know 
that Lucasfilms published The Land Before Time. <gasps> no. Yep, back in 1988, Littlefoot and all them. I'm not saying that this is going to be like a fighting game, but imagine just like a neat... But imagine an adventure game. Like a little adventure game where you use platformer. Something like that. Um, I think there's definitely plenty of room in 2021, in the year of our Lord 2021, for the Land Before Time. Yeah, and this mess. I'll be honest, I'm going to say this right now. I would rather a Land Before Time video game than a Labyrinth one. That's fair. Labyrinth is kind of a hot mess. Not my favorite. Yeah, it's kind of a hot mess. Yeah. But you know what's going to be also really interesting, though, with something that we didn't talk about with regards to Star Wars is Ubisoft Massive Mm -hmm. is now going to be dipping a toe into the Star Wars universe. Now, Ubisoft Massive is responsible for, um, I think, the The division. division. Yep, they do the division. So... I'm just I'm thinking to myself how interesting an open world division style experience where you could team up with your buds and go and explore the universe and be like smugglers or something or, you know, whatever. I'm really, really excited about this. And I'm totally meant to talk about it when we were talking about Star Wars. But like, it's another untapped thing, right? How about man? You know, I'd love it if Massive was working in the in the new uh, the High Republic, which is oh, all the rage yeah. right now because they're all the all the Everybody's new comics about the and High the Republic books. right now too. Like all the bit, all us Star Wars nerds are like, no, 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 I want more High Republic because it's the new. I mean, it is the new hotness, and also the one. And this is some, I was listening to another podcast, and you know they made the point, and so I was Justin Davis from IGN, and and the the point he made. And I agree with him a thousand percent, and I couldn't have put it as eloquently, is that when people play Star Wars, they either want to be a stormtrooper, an X-Wing pilot, or a Jedi. Okay. And the problem with being a Jedi is that in most of the movie time frames, you can't really be a generic, like a general generic Jedi because unless it's the most old Republic. of the Exactly. Unless it's the old Republic and you have yeah. to go back in time because a lot of times you have to like contort your story around a very specific family of Jedi. And so yeah. the idea of using the high Republic as a setting, just like the old Republic is that, mm-hmm. that there were tons of Jedi and yeah. they were doing all sorts of stuff. And we know that they it's were quite, doing tons of stuff and there were only like a book about it. Right. And I think that even in the High Republic, if if Darth Bane isn't canonical, which I don't believe it is, so the rule of two might have been High Republic. I don't remember. My my son bought me the second book in the trilogy. I haven't read them in years. I should go back and read them. But if... But I don't remember if Darth Bane is actually canonical or not. It might be just part of the extended universe. But if that turns out to be the case, not only would you have, like, thousands of Jedi, you would potentially also have thousands of Sith. hmm So... Yeah, it's bad. So many options for switching time. Yeah. For going back. You know, it's like everybody wants to flip around and be a Jedi. Well, guess what? In those other settings, you actually can, and you, can and you have more freedom. You <laughs> so, don't have to be like Obi-Wan Kenobi or Luke Skywalker or or Rey. You know, you can just be a Jedi that you want to be. Yeah, exactly. You can be Which Doom cool. Flipper. 
the uh, the <laughs> the Jedi. That was you know, like if you wanted to name yourself, you'd be Doom Flipper. Sure. Um, that Doom was Flipper. my. That's 100% my Jedi when I can name myself. So That's awesome. If you ever want to play the Old Republic, buddy, I got you. I can be Doom Flipper? You, you know what? Let's Flipper. be honest. No, I can't because somebody took that name. Probably. <laughs> Probably somebody already took Doom Flipper. Um, so, uh, I, <laughs> so, so that is the Lucasfilm Games announcement and our, you know, analysis of it. Yes. I'm excited. The long and short of it is it's great for gamers. I love this stuff. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what comes out of it. I was thinking we were going to have more st- announcements. They they announced Lucasfilm Games, then they announced Indiana Jones, and then they announced the Ubisoft thing. And we were thinking that there were, might have been just stuff for the rest of the week, but there was not. We were a little, I was a little disappointed at that. But they're gonna they wouldn't do that brand for two games. No. They would have just licensed. They would have just said cool and licensed out Indiana Jones. <laughs> like they wouldn't have there gone through all more. this branding work. So yes. I'm very excited to find out what, what else they do next. Um, Amanda, we did it. We did. We did it. This has been episode 248. We're getting very close to episode 250. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening as much as Amanda and I enjoyed recording. We will be back next week for more board game talk. And I promise next time for video games, we'll talk about our most anticipated games. That is unless there are more giant stuff, at which point we'll just keep doing it because we got to, you know, if the content comes to us, we got to we got to go. We got to we got to take the serve. So everybody, have yourself a great night or day, whatever. And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye.